Good morning. My name is Danny. If you haven't seen me last month, I'm excited to return. You are so kind to listen to me again, and I, I'm just so thankful. Does everybody hear me okay? Okay. I'm a bit soft-spoken, so i um, just happy to be here. T- today, we continue our series on the words of life. Uh, earlier, we discussed love, mercy, and grace. And last week, Pastor Charles discussed trust. And today we are looking at obey. If you brought your Bibles, uh, there's actually two places we're going to go to. Joshua 24 and Matthew 8. And these are kind of long, so you could just uh, remain seated. Joshua 24, verses 14 through 28. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we also will serve the Lord." For he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and put in place statues and rules for them at Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke. To us, therefore, it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. Okay, and also turn with me to Matthew. And by the way, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. And when he, and this is Jesus, got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, 
so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? This is the word of God for the people of God. That was kind of long, so the sermon's over now. So. Uh, let's pray. Dear God who reigns, Lord Father, we just thank you for this word. And I ask that the Holy Spirit be upon us to, to hear. Lord Father, give me the words. Let the, the words come out of my mouth. Be yours, not mine. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. When a container ship is transiting the Savannah River, uh, going to the Savannah port, it has to yield its navigation to harbor pilots as they lead through the river. They, they lead through rain, sometimes darkness, and sometimes fog. They have to be obedient, and, and this is the captain, and make precise turns and avoid shallow areas. The captain has to yield its ship to the tugboats to turn the ship around and to push it into the container berth for unloading and loading. All this is important to maintain safety and to make sure no damage occurs. Today we are talking about the life word obey. The dictionary defines the word as to comply with the command, direction, or request of a person or, or a law, submit to the authority of. In the Joshua passage, Joshua was a leader of the Israelites. After the death of Moses, God had put Joshua in charge as leader, and he led the Israelites to the promised land and to conquer Canaan. In this passage, he is older, and he assembles the tribes of Israel to renew their covenant to God in a symbolic acknowledgement in which people remember the past, what has, what has God done for them, and prepare for the future. To obey God's voice. In the Matthew passage, the disciples are in a boat. A storm comes upon them, and Jesus is asleep. They are struck with fear and ask Jesus to intervene. Jesus questions their faith as they marvel how the winds and the sea obey Jesus. Obey is a life word because the choice to obey, when you choose to obey or not, will mean life or death. And here are three things we learn in this passage. And here's the first, and if you like to take notes, there's a, a place in the bulletin to take notes. Choose to obey, serve the Lord. Choose to obey, serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Just before this statement, Joshua was talking about the other choice than serving God. The choice that a lot of his fathers before that generation made in the past were worshiping other gods, worshiping idols, before they entered the promised land. 
And today, unfortunately, we're still left with that choice in this world. That is either, either serve God or serve this world. Serve life or serve death. And God wants us to serve him, which is life. And we cannot go halfway because God wants us to choose him with sincerity and faith. Some of us do choose God because we realize that we, we do need him. But as life goes on and we get comfortable, and sometimes comfort can be our God. You know, the Israeli, uh, Israeli settlement of Netzarim in the heart of Gaza Strip was a point of much conflict with militant Palestinian for several years. The conflict was so great that the settlement evacuated in 2005. Now, those that lived in Netzarim did so at a personal risk because they felt it was an important part to keep their land free and to continue. A schoolteacher named Shlamit Ziv, who lived in Netzarim in 2001, said, I don't live where it's comfortable. I live where it, it's important to live. Comfort can keep us from service to God. What is keeping you from serving God? Do you remember the account of James and John asking Jesus if they could sit at his right and left in glory? Jesus responded in Mark 10, But it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what does it mean to live a life of service to the Lord? Back in the Old Testament, during the law, you served, with, which meant you worked out your salvation. And they constantly failed and failed again. Enter the New Testament, and grace came. So it was not our works or our service, but salvation only through the grace of believing on Jesus. However, service is the mark or the fruit of being a believer. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but, but do not use your freedom to indulge the, the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So what does serving God look like for you? John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love for one another. So, love the Lord. Love others. That is a great starting place. From there, ask God, where should you serve? He has something we all should do that is serving in nature. And then he has something special and distinct just for you. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I encourage you to obey and, and be that vessel, that conduit, of God's love to someone else, wherever you, you are. Will you obey and serve the Lord? And this brings us to our next point. Choose to obey. Wake up. 
choose to obey, or in this case, wake up. Matthew 8, 25 to 27. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Oh, you have little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So here you have the disciples on a boat with Jesus, and a great storm comes upon them. But Jesus is asleep. It seems like bad timing. I wonder why the disciples didn't wake him up sooner, like when it started to sprinkle, because I would have. On New Year's Day in the Tournament of Roses Parade, a beautiful float suddenly sputtered and quit. It was out of gas. The whole parade was held up until someone could get a can of gas. But the amusing thing was that this float represented the company called the Standard Oil Company. With its vast oil resources, its truck was out of gas. Even though Christians have access to God's power and might, if we don't avail ourselves to it, we too will run out of power. You know, sometimes it's difficult to obey God's commands. We cannot obey it because it takes faith, trust, duty, and sometimes it just doesn't come natural. But when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are putting your faith in someone that makes up for all your sins for salvation. Without him, we would be destined to live in hell, a terrible place that would put us outside the presence of God. It is death, but Jesus is life, and he is a life giver. The waves and the sea obey him because Jesus is God. Hebrews 1.3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He has power to exercise control over nature. Since he created it all, why wouldn't he give you the power to obey his commands? You know, there are some commands that God gives us that I think we pretty much have reasonable, reasonable amount of power to obey on our own, like don't steal, don't murder, I, I hope, love the Lord. However, what about the ones like give or love your enemies? Or love your neighbors. Those are hard and require the power that we don't have, especially about the ones that are about loving and forgiving our enemies. How do you love and forgive someone that just hurts you? Well, you, you take the passage that you are having a difficult time obeying, like, like forgiveness, and you, you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to change your heart. Let us try that because I think we all have that person in our mind that, that just gives you a bad feeling. Now, if he's sitting next to you, don't look at him. In all seriousness, let us ask God for help to obey this one. He has the power. And our next point, choose to obey. It's more than knowledge. 
choose to obey. It's more than knowledge. Joshua 24, 18 to 21. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So did you see that Joshua asked the Israelites twice whom they would serve? He was probing their depth of commitment. Would they choose to be faithful, sincere? In the Matthew passage, the disciples were with Jesus right in front of them in the boat, but they lacked faith. In both cases, faith is what separates between knowledge and belief. You know, in today's world of smartphones and and computers, we can look up anything like the Eiffel Tower. And if we type it in, we can probably see how tall it is. We can see, um, we can probably look at it on a Google map to see what it looks like. We can, we can read about how, what it means to modern architecture, what it means. And, but whenever, you, if you experience a place, like if you can only... A person from Paris would know what does the metal feel like on a rainy day? What does foie gras taste like in the restaurant? How long does it take to go up the stairs before you get, take the elevator to the summit? That is like knowing Jesus versus knowing Jesus as your Savior. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, had the same problem. In John 5, 39 to 40, Jesus said, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You see, the Pharisees searched the law of Moses daily and memorized it, but they did not recognize Jesus as their Savior. You know, sometimes we all can get into our routines with prayer reading the Bible, and coming to church. But this verse is a little scary, isn't it? It's basically saying that we can study, read, pray, and do all the right things, but totally miss Jesus. I think I have to think about how I read the Bible because sometimes, instead of me stopping at a verse and thanking and worshiping God, my mind has wandered. Or sometimes, instead of taking that extra few minutes to pray and be still, I run out the door to an appointment. Or sometimes, instead of me just praising God and what I'm singing, my mind has wandered and it's somewhere else. Guys, I don't have this figured out, but I know we all do this from time to time. Let's be intentional about knowing Jesus, praising him, worshiping him, and telling him, how much you love him. So how do you stay in obedience? You have a relationship with Jesus. Do you have a relationship with him? 
When was the last time you just lifted up a gratitude of praise because of your salvation? When was the last time you asked Jesus about a decision in your life, whether it was small or big? When was the last time you obeyed one of Jesus' commands? John 14, 23, Jesus said, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Guys, that is a great promise. When you put your faith and you believe Jesus as your Lord, we get God himself in us. And if you don't think you love him enough, just start with knowing that his love for you is more than you can imagine. The root of all this is love and obedience. And here are some of Jesus' commands, but not all of them. You must be born again. Repent. Come to me. Believe in me. Love me. Make disciples. Abide in me. Follow me. Bring the children to me. Bring in the poor. Doesn't that give you joy? Listen, this is more than jumping through hoops to be worthy. This is about coming to Jesus in faith, reading this book, and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you and to strengthen you to a life and relationship with Jesus, to obey him. And as I close, Luke 28 says, Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. This is saying that we need to, we need to obey Jesus because he has secured us for his joy and that he knows what's best for us. And the promise is that we are going to live a blessed life no matter what our circumstances are, whether suffering, loss, pain, and disappointment. Jesus is the reward, and we are grateful for him through the Holy Spirit. And we have this, this book, God's Word, to guard our way. Make this the center of your life. You know, I, I end with this. On Friday, I was eating on my lunch hour at Firehouse Subs, and, and God gave me a verse that came to my mind. By the way, why wouldn't God talk to you in Firehouse Subs? I mean, the sandwiches are set apart, am I right? <laughs> Especially the hook and ladder. But he gave me Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I'll just read it to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. What this verse tells me that in order to obey, there's three things. Trust God. When you lean on you, not in your own understanding, that means humble yourselves. Don't rely on yourselves. And finally, acknowledge him at every turn in your life. So will you choose to obey? Choose Jesus.
Choose life. Let us pray. Dear God, we just thank you for this word. We thank you that in this life, we will not be able to do things without your power, Lord Father. And we thank you that, Jesus, you come to us and you save us, Lord. You cover for our sins. And we have power through the Holy Spirit to live this life. And if there's anyone here that does not know you, Lord, I just pray that they say this prayer, Jesus, I need you. I love you. Please come into my life. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you've been so kind. Thank you. And just, if you have, you want to pray or, or come speak to one of the uh, Brent or me, feel free.